What's up, guys? We're back with Ben Hearing from Pro Painters in another breakthrough session. And it's a recap not only of what uh, the first breakthrough session we had uh, was about and kind of niching down was our topic. In this episode, we talk about kind of the progress that he's made since then, which was about a two to three week gap um, and how the business owner that he works for, Jason, has been adjusting to some of the changes, some of the things that we actually hammered out in the breakthrough session. So I'm excited for you to listen to that. So here it is. Tune in. The big question you need to ask yourself every day is, do I own a job or do I own a business? And unfortunately, the majority of contractors out there own a job. That's right. They're a slave to their own business. But the other side of the fence is so much greener. It's so much better. And that's when you're finally fully in control of your destiny, your freedom, your time. And that's what Contractor Secrets is about. It's about taking back our time, building a business with systems, standards, values, procedures, putting yourself in the driver's seat. And that's what it's about. So I'm excited. I'm happy to have you here. Let's dive into the Contractor Secrets Podcast. All right. Welcome, everybody, to the Business Breakthrough. I'm here with Ben, round two, uh, recap of what we discussed on the previous episode. A lot of listeners to that one, man. It was a really good episode. Um, and we hammered out a lot of things. So do you want to just dive into some changes? I know we, we briefly just talked about COVID, COVID kind of got imposed on his business in terms of a lockdown in Minnesota. So really just kind of want to just talk about everything but that because that's such a downer topic and we're just going to jump over yeah. it. <laughs> um, yep. Aside from that, like, have, have, so we talked a couple about a couple of things. We talked about marketing, um, getting some marketing into the business to help narrow down the niche. I think that was the big topic we talked about was niching yep. down. So what is what was Jason's uh, and for those of you who didn't listen to the first one, Jason is the owner of um, the company Ben works for as uh, Ben's the sales manager. Uh, Jason's the owner. And I just kind of want to get And Jason was not present during our talk. So um, Ben was relaying a lot of the information that we discussed. So what was Jason's response to some of those things? So, um, you know, his initial response, he understood. He understood like where we were coming from. Ironically, we're working on a job where we're fixing someone else's mistakes and okay. we're stripping, we're stripping down windows, restaining, refinishing. And it has really opened his eyes up to how, how far back this has put us just because the whole process taken a lot longer than he had anticipated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we actually, we're trying, we're trying new sources for, for leads and okay. thumb thumbtack is one of them. All right. So All right. based on what you had mentioned about, you know, what type of work you're taking on full houses, certain room size, or, you know, certain number of rooms, we adjusted our, our, uh, our target to, you know, five plus rooms or it might be seven plus rooms um, just to see how that goes. And we have a set budget right now just to kind of evaluate uh, the return on investment. Cool. Um, but I've already, I've gotten three leads from it working on trying to close these deals and he he sees it from that the perspective that you addressed it you know like you we know how to paint walls uh we know how long it's going to take based off of our the skill level of our painters and so that's just going to help with everything from scheduling from um the revenue standpoint staying on track and you know just making get, right. getting happy customers so yeah yeah it's yeah, it's it's, it's pretty simple. It's a simple concept. It's a little bit harder for him to grasp because he's been 
kind of a, you know, a do-it-all handyman for his entire career. But the idea is that he's not supposed to be on every right. single job, right? right? He's supposed to be running the business. So yeah, and as hard as it is, when I work with contractors that are Jason, normally I'm working with Jason. Um, yeah. You know, to actually work with you to help try to change Jason. I'd love to have him on. Maybe if we can get that happening, maybe next time. I'd love to talk with him. Yeah. But one thing that I'm where I'm getting at, bro, is it's hard to for for him to listen to you. Um, because you said that he's a results guy. So he wants to see it working before he, and, and I could just tell based off of what you just told me. So he took on this, this redo where he's having to do all these different things. This is the exact opposite advice I gave you. And hopefully you brought it up to him before he took this job and he took the job, right? That's what happened. No, this job was already, this job was already lined up. Um, okay, it was already lined up. Okay, good. So this kind of solidified what you had brought up, like, hey, man, we can't be taking these crazy jobs. I had a lady uh, that I gave an estimate to um, probably about four months ago. I quoted it for like five grand. I mean, you know, it, we're a little bit more expensive, but, you know, it is what it is. She, she emailed me three weeks ago saying I made a mistake. I hired this guy. He didn't do a good job. Now, I, now it needs to be sanded, primed. She sent me pay. I said, all right, we'll just send me pay. She was a what's there just so, you know it's for me to look she was ready to hire us for five grand probably a little more maybe six for the for the error i said i'm not i can't touch it because it's 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 uh stripping removing mm. like this yep. stuff that i don't want to have my guys do like i don't even care about the money like i could care less about the six grand we'll find six grand doing what we're best at because yeah. it's going to stress out my guys dude they don't want to do that stuff like no, I wouldn't want right. to, like, you know, like I wouldn't want to freaking have to go there and start stripping paint and then sanding down. And like, that's exactly. not, you know, I would rather them be so happy because all they got to do is roll and cut walls. If they're right. happy, I'm happy. And it takes the stress off of them, which takes the stress off of me. Cause when the employees are stressed, the, the business owner becomes stressed. So I play a game of keep away. I keep away stress. I keep away like, putting a brush. I don't even own a paintbrush. I don't even have one. If I needed to touch up something in my house, I don't even, I have, I'd have to go buy a paintbrush. So it's like, yeah. that's how far away I am from, from being physically hands-on in any, right. you know? Yeah. And uh, I mean, two more points that I wanted to address. I, um, I met with one of our, one of our lead painters yesterday. He's, he's on a job by himself and I had this conversation with him too. Um, you know, he's, he was a little beat down by, the recent news and everything, but we talked about that a little bit, but then I, I went into these kind of jobs that he's been thrown into and, you know, how that has affected him from a, from a professional and personal standpoint. He's like, it is frustrating because I'm not as ex experienced with some of these things that I'm being asked to do. Um, and I kind of just, I said it from a, from an outside perspective, like if you were to focus on painting walls, you know, keeping it simple, like what you're good at, how would that help you in your job? Right. And he, he basically, he agreed with it. He was saying, if I, if I was constantly doing things that I'm good at and, you know, I didn't have to try to figure out a way to do this and have Jason be there and then get upset because I'm not doing it the way he wants, you know, the all customer this. don't, don't, it ain't just Jason. It's the customer looking like, ah, hundred percent. 
Yeah. And I, I think one thing, the other thing I learned from that too, um, is, you know, it's always, we always want to have happy customers, but what creates happy customers is happy employees. So you want to, you want to make sure that your employees are confident, they're, they're happy and they're enjoying what they're doing. And I think that advice you gave me really opened my eyes up to that. So good. And, and, when it comes to Jason and mine, you know, anyone listening and you, I've never met Jason. So I don't know his personality. I don't know what he's like. I'm sure. He's a great guy, you know, and I'm no, I don't, but I'm going to take him and use him as an example. So this isn't directed toward him. This is just me using as, as an example. Yeah. You have this business owner that all he knows is when he started his business, he had to figure it out. Okay. He had, if, if there was something needing done, Number one, knowing that when he started his business, he probably didn't have a lead generation company sending in leads. So whatever came his way by default for survival, he had to take the job like he had to. And if it if it required, you know, stripping wood and doing all these crazy things that maybe he wasn't 100 percent good at that, it was in his best interest to figure it out. And he probably did. And he probably got good at it. Okay. Yep. Because he was the owner of the business. Yeah. Now, when you have employees, they don't have that same level of drive and they don't need that same level of drive because they're employees. They are, they are heat seeking missiles. You point it in a direction and you shoot it. Okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. but that, but that's, that's how you should look at it. And, and the problem with Jason, and again, using him as an example, I don't know Jason. I'm just using yeah. this because, you know, I don't want to, if he listens to this, I don't want to be like, who's that guy talking crap about me? You know, I don't <laughs> want that to be the case. I'm just using him as this, this idea of a, of a business owner who's a contractor as well, hands-on contractor. And he's has the same level of expectation out of his employees as he held to himself. Okay. So making that transition is now, Okay. Yes. Is there $6,000 on the table? Absolutely. Okay. If I wanted that six grand, but what's the cost? The cost is what I'm missing out on with finding jobs that I'm best at to fill those slots versus, or not versus, in addition to the stress and the strain that it puts on my team. And for me, yes, may, would it be maybe five grand to find two $2,500 jobs? instead of six grand for the one job. So I'm giving up maybe a thousand bucks, but the process is smooth. I have no issues and we're able to get better at what we're best at. Absolutely. But I told you last time we spoke that you're the gatekeeper. Like you're the guy who's who's, who's filtering out these jobs and it's really gonna come down to you having enough confidence in, in being able to back away. Right. Because you were probably um, the one that went and saw that error that happened um, that you guys are currently working on right now. Am I right? Actually, no. Um, I bid probably ninety-five percent of the jobs, and I never even never even saw this one. That was Jason. Okay. That was Jason. Okay. Yep. Yeah. On something like that, I mean, I'd. You wouldn't even know how to fit it. Probably. Yeah, exactly. I would have to. I'd have to consult with with Jason on something like that, and then, but now. You know, I asked him for his approval to, for me to be able to gauge, you know, like what I feel we can and can't do. And that's where there's still a little bit of that hesitation, but um, he's, he's opening up to it. And a good example is I, I, 
was on an estimate earlier this week where customer wanted us to strip these old um, doors that were oil enameled partially. And then the middle insert was, was stained and they're like, I want the door to look stained. So, um, you know, I, I basically took the information as it is. And I use this as an example with Jason, like, how do we want to approach this? Right. Based on what you're doing right now, can we rely on, or do we want to throw our guys on a job like this and have them just kind of figure it out? Do we do like time and materials? So what I ended up, what we ended up doing is basically saying, yeah, you know, it, this isn't necessarily the job for us. If you can get these doors, if you can get these doors stripped down, I mean, we can stay in and finish them. But yeah, um, again, it was, it's one of those, it's very hard for, I think both of us from looking at a revenue standpoint and um, especially for him, like to turn away work. But um, I think we're starting to. Don't look at it as, don't look at it as, as turning away from work because that is yeah. that that's right, right 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 oh, man, i'm turning away but right. look at it as i'm turning toward my ideal work right that is it so it's like you know in the same way that people are interviewing you for the job as a as a contractor you're interviewing them this isn't yeah. like you know you're interviewing the job like you're estimating and like we have this idea that like just because we estimated we're obligated and we're not right, right it's an estimation we're we're looking to see if we're a good fit and yeah. when you have the like we will go back to this like the confidence in your marketing to know that there's going to be more people interested than just this one person gives you the confidence to turn toward those like right now i have seven estimates to do Okay, that are on my queue of um, pricing, not going to the job, just pricing. So I have seven. I know for a fact all seven aren't going to go with me. Looking briefly at the notes and the pictures that I got from my guy, Chris, who's out in the field doing the quotes and looking at the jobs and measuring, taking pictures. I know that two of the jobs aren't even like anything that I want to touch. One's right. a mobile home that has, uh, and I don't sleep on mobile homes, dude. Those homes can sometimes be great jobs. It's not that just yeah. because it's a mobile home, I won't take it. But the inside wallboard is that slick like wood. Yeah. So it's going yep. to need to be oil primed. And it's gonna, yep. and, and this lady's ready to pay. A lot of people with mobile homes have a lot of money because their houses yeah. are cheap. So right. I know for a fact she'll pay us between five and eight grand to do it. I'm not even going to bid it. I don't even want it because it's not my job. I'm, I'd rather yeah. have eight for us. It's a, it's a three bedroom, two bathroom, stucco repaint inside or outside. That is my ideal job. Anything yep. outside of that is something that I will only take if I'm in an emergency. And I do a lot of stuff throughout the month to make sure I don't land myself in an emergency. Like I don't yep. just wait until jobs are running thin to start marketing in the same way. I don't wait to start putting out application um, or excuse me. I don't wait to start putting out uh, ads for painters when I need them. Right. Like, you know, go look on Indeed. Almost every company that is a good company has a position open. They're doing yeah. that because they never stop hiring. I never stop marketing ever. It, it'll never stop. I'll always pay for leads. I'll always have something coming because I don't ever want to get to that point where I wasn't prepared. And when yep. you're not prepared, that's when you're scared. Does that make sense? Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So with Jason, like, you know, all right, so let's, let's start talking about, because there's a lot of people that aren't just like you in terms of COVID. 
it's a conversation worth having. So we, we, I really wanted to kind of recap. It sounds like you're making progress. It's only been a week and a half. So, you know, yeah. going forward, but now you have this big hurdle of, of COVID. Um, so you, you briefly told me before we got started here that you were doing one painter on each job. Yeah. Um, that the plan? That's, I mean, that's our tentative plan right now. I mean, the jobs that we have kind of allow for that you know, um, but we're not, we're not absolutely positive. We haven't put it in play yet. We're yeah. just, we're, we're trying to evaluate and maybe we might, we're going to have a recap on that today, actually this afternoon, but it might be something where we reach out to each client that we have booked and coming up what they would prefer, you know, like, or what they're comfortable with. Um, if it's a, we have a couple that are full house, like, do we want to work in phases so that you can allocate your home office, you know, to certain spaces that we're not, or that we're working in and we're not working in type of a yeah. thing. So I think kind of right now we're going to, we're going to reach out to who we have and just kind of base it off of if I'm doing an estimate, asking those questions, like what's yeah. important to you during these times. And here's what we have in play. Does this make sense for you or how would you prefer type of a thing? So I think we're going to be gathering, um, some data and some feedback and Good idea. adjusting on a, on a person to person basis in the same way people yep. buy differently. They're going to want the job done differently. People have different viewpoints of how to go about this. And I think yep. to look at it, like you, I thought initially it would be like, that's the standard, but yeah, it's a great idea, man. Go over case by case, job yep. by job and, and trudge along that way, man. And with it being yep. ice cold up there, probably snowing, is it snowing yet? Uh, we've had a couple warm days past okay. couple days oh, in the fifties. So. But it's never, it's never that you're never that confident to where you would book an exterior, right? No, no. Yeah, no. that would you don't you don't mess around with that. You yeah. can't be a gambler as a painting contractor. Uh -uh. You, no, yeah. especially especially being on the other side of the counter working for Sherwin Williams, just knowing that. Yeah. You know when when our customers you ask, "Hey, you think it's a you think it's a good idea to paint outside today?" I'm like, "What do you want me to say?" So let's talk about you working for Sherwin Williams. Sure. All right. How long? And I and I would actually wanted to ask you this last time, but we kind of ran over time. What, yeah. like what? So what did you learn about the general consensus of painting contractors? Like, how long did you work there? Uh, ten years. Ten years. Yep. So From you, you know so, part time to management so what, to. What's the rep. synopsis that you've gotten in the way that a majority of contractors do business? Wow. So that's, that's a very loaded question. Um, I, I think one of the, one of the main things I took from it is the customers that I really worked well with and got along with and got to understand their business ran operated in different ways than your said owner operator, um, you know, smaller, I don't know, we call it, we joked around, call them Chuck in the truck or whatever, you know? Um, yeah. So, um, I think what I, what I gathered is there's a, there's a big difference between like a company and a painter, if you will. Um, the way that they operate is completely different, especially in this market. I mean, there's a lot of subcontractor type models that are, that are done in Minnesota. Um, a lot less employee operated companies, but overall it seemed like when I really got to know people's business and got to understand where their struggles were, it was either in the labor force or it was in lead sourcing. So 
their how they're marketing, not wanting to spend money on marketing because they don't see it as a as a an investment that has its return. They're looking at the initial cost, and it, it goes all the way through the price of your paint, the you know everything, right? So, I always the general consensus was it always it always came down to price, um, and I felt like it was my job, and I took it on for myself to be able to help them see a little bit more beyond that. So when I, when I started evaluating and understanding my role as a, as a sales rep and outside sales rep, I was in that position for four years. I started understanding that it was more beneficial for me to understand these customers' businesses and try to help in different ways other than just trying to sell paint. So, so it was more so helping them understand business principles, sales, yeah. marketing, and, and get yeah. there. And, you know, part of the reason why I'm doing what I do is because I know that, that that's my general consensus too, is that you have, the, there's different pools of painting contractors. So you have like the pool of people that are quote unquote chucking a truck. And when we say that it's, it's, it's not meant to be demoralizing or demeaning, Absolutely but not. the standard of which they operate is essentially, I have a truck and I can paint your house and right. that's it, you know? And unfortunately that's probably, I would say a, a vast majority. And when you, when mm -hmm. I hear that subcontractors and employees, you know, that to me is like the great debate because subcontractors and employees are, you know, the, the differences in the companies and the way they're ran is either you have a company that is phenomenal with their operations to where subcontractors is done legally, efficiently, and it's phenomenal. Like they have yeah. a, the owner and then they have a sales manager and then they have production managers as employees, office admins as employees, and then they have a list of subcontractors that they trust that can bid on jobs and they're, they're not tied to the to business. Okay. And that is phenomenal. Yep. I'm all about that. I think that's great. But then you have these guys that think that just because, you know, uh, they don't want to pay taxes and then they pay, you know, they write a check to a couple guys for working and then they call them subs, you know, and, and they only work for them. And then it's like, you know, that's not a subcontract relationship. So they're, they're right next to the chucks. Okay. Yeah. And then I believe that to me, just because number one, I'm a huge fan of employees because employees help you develop a team atmosphere. You get to know these people, you get to know their families, they're tied to more than just their own self-interest. And that's something that customers will feel as well. Can you imagine if you went, you know, to Chick-fil-A and they subcontracted the, <laughs> the people working in the, you know, they wouldn't be as enthusiastic. They're about to go to McDonald's tomorrow. Right. Yeah, like, right. you know, so yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. So you can't implement the values to subcontractors. You can't implement the standard. You can't create a family atmosphere. You can't create, you know, um, you can't create that. And, and for me, it really, I think the big barrier that I've learned in, in doing this is that the barrier is more so the legality. It's more so the responsibility, which is so easy if you actually look into yeah. it. There's payroll companies that handle payroll. There's accounting firms that handle accounting. You just got to find the people yeah. and, 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 and figure out a way to pay them and keep them busy. So be, keeping them busy is, is the key. Um, but that was just interesting. I was just curious to see if we had the same consensus and, and it's the same there as it is all over. Um, and, and the purpose of what we're doing is trying to change that. Um, it sounds like what you guys have up there is, is great. You're going to deal with this hurdle, but if you guys work together. I, I'm confident you can get through it because ultimately at the end of the day, we've proven that coronavirus does not affect whether or not people paint their house. Actually, yeah. I, think it, I think it increases it because people are in their house more. Yeah. Would you 100%. agree? I would agree 100%. Awesome, dude. I didn't know we'd be so recession pandemic proof. 
Yeah, no, it's, uh, I mean, initially it was obviously difficult trying to figure, you know, trying yeah. to get around all of it, but yeah, I mean, as, as so, things went on, I mean, we were busier than ever. So, yeah, so good. going forward, know that, look, there's, there's a certain amount of people that from today forward are going to get their house painted, right? Let's lock that in. It's true. They're going to get their house painted. It's going to happen. Somebody's going to do it, bro. Okay. Yep. It's just a matter of is pro painters going to be there for when they're ready to make that decision. Right. And if I were you, okay, if you guys, how many, do you, do you know how many jobs you have in the pipeline right now? Yeah, we just looked at that. We have about, uh, I think it's like 16 or so. It, it ends up becoming, yeah, it's We're like four to five weeks. Four to five weeks. Okay. So, so that's a pretty, that's a pretty good lineup. Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty good lineup. And I would say that, you know, through all these things, double down on, on home advisor, double down on thumbtack, double down on Google, get somebody to help you with Google. Um, I put out a podcast with um, Ryan Davis. He's really good. I don't know if you listened, uh, if you, I don't know if you can listen to it, but it's uh, the marketing episode. It was just a few days ago and he's great. He talked about Google and, and he's the guy that I would recommend to reach out for something like that. But Google's free money, man. And if you yeah. can master, um, you know, how many reviews do you guys have on Google, by the way? Uh, 18. 18. Okay. Five, how long so, have you yeah. been in business? Uh, technically since July of last year, 2019. Okay. Well, pro, pa pro painters, it's a rebranding. Okay. of his old so, old company yeah so i would make it your focus and i don't know if you can do this to incentivize your team get you need to get 100 reviews yeah 100 reviews let me tell you something dude when i hit 100 reviews on google i don't know what happened but like i didn't i don't really hardly ever use home advisor anymore i mean yeah. people just see 100 five star reviews and they're like calling them yeah the next competitor within 100 miles has 50 and i know the owner he's the guy yeah but he's not even close to me in reviews and if you start to get close i'll freaking get 50 more within you know i will always stay <laughs> yeah you know, i think I uh i think the most i've seen is um like in the 30s so look that's easy i money. guess I guess uh, we're, you know, we're running out of time, obviously, but um, sometimes I don't know what kind of strategy you have, but I feel like sometimes getting a review, whether it's just the process of it or, you know, customers will leave like a comment on, on a Facebook post or something like that, but get, well, getting them to do the review is, is more difficult than you think, right? Right. So do you, so let me ask you, you something. when was the last time you wrote a review for somebody? um a couple weeks ago actually what was it for um it was a restaurant we actually painted the exterior and we okay. went there to eat for the first time jason and i to have a business lunch and business lunch the food yeah. was amazing so i did did you yeah. just take it upon yourself to google them and write the review i did yeah well did i also he also left i you know i was like hey i just you know i appreciate your business we just had some of your food and the food was great i'm gonna leave you a review and, you know, he was like, I sh you know, 
thanks for doing that. I'll, I'll do yeah. the same. So, okay. Keep so it, was like, it was like a give and take. Now, let me tell you, that was like, that's a little bit different. That was like a business owner to business owner right. thing, which it's like doing it for your friend. What's another, like, what's another time you left the review? Um, yeah, I guess I don't leave reviews that often. You don't leave reviews. Like, yeah. Right. Well, you got to remember customers are people just like me and you. They're just yeah. in a different role at that time. So what would make you leave a review? Let me, I'll put it this way. I come over to your house and I paint your house. After I'm done, me and you do a walk around. Dude, you're happy. You think I did a great job. And me and you were friends at this point. We talked about our family. You know, mm-hmm. I, I told you the job. You know, we, we, we're just like, man, this coronavirus thing sucks. You know, we're, we're cool. I say, Ben, listen, man, be honest with you. We're trying to grow. And one of the best things you could do for me, dude, is to please leave me a Google review. I'm actually going to real quick, I'm going to send you a, a link through text. And, and this is something drip jobs will do automatically, by the way, I'm going to send drip you jobs. a link. That's, that's, that's the software that I'm, I'm developing. Um, I'm going to yeah. send you a text right now, Ben, and that's going to have a link to our Google page. If you leave a review for us anywhere, man, Google is where I would love a review. Would you mind doing that for me? Yeah, absolutely. That, I mean, I guess that's the accountability. I don't, yeah. And I don't do all the walkthrough or the final walkthroughs. doesn't have um, to be done in person, bro. It doesn't have to be yeah. done in person. You can do it over the yeah. phone. You can say, Hey, yeah, how right. was everything? You know? And, and if you're, if you want to be a full circle sales manager, you should be following up with your customers because those are the people that are going to refer Ben, not propane. Yeah. They're going to refer yeah, right. Ben. They're not going to refer propaneers. So that's Absolutely. really important because ultimately you should be bringing that full circle. Anyone you sell a job to, dude, you should be bringing it full circle. You should be at right. least calling to see, hey, did I keep my promises when I went there? And then right. that's who they're going to write a review about. Ben kept his promises. Yeah, and I think uh, too often it's, you know, I do do follow-up, but oftentimes it's email. And that's that's not as effective. I mean, I, you know, yeah, it's insensitive and you probably don't even get many responses. So exactly. Yeah. What I would say is like, first thing, like after the job say, Hey, Mrs. Jones, how did we do? And then let them tell you, you did a great job. And then you got to ask and you got to make it personal and say, would you mind if I sent you a link to our Google page where you could leave us a five-star review and then let them say, yes, now they're obligated. Now, if they don't do it, they lie. And people don't right. do that. People would rather just go through with it because they said they would. There's a 20% of people who won't do it, even if they tell you they're going to do it. That's fine. But if 80% of the people that you do do it, do it. Dude, I have over yeah. 250 five-star reviews. I do the same thing every time. Hey, would you mind leaving us a five-star review? I'm going to send you a link. And all you got to do is click it and then just write a little something about your experience. Minimize the effort. Yeah. Okay. You can't expect people to... Take time out of their busy day, which isn't very busy, to actually go on Google, search for propainers, find out how to look for the review, and then write it. It's just not going to happen. So make it easy. on. So I think that's where we're going to wrap up. Okay. Thanks for that advice. Yeah, man. I think that's where yes, we're going to wrap up, man. Um, it, look, we might have to connect again in the couple, next couple of weeks. I'm happy to. Um, and please keep us updated on, on what goes on, man. I hope that I you guys through this time and I'm sure you will. You guys are pretty smart guys. So sure you work it out. Yeah. I'll try to, I'll try to get Jason on here too. So First, can... Yeah, please do, man. You know what? Next time, dude, if you can have him on there, I, I think dude, now that everyone, I mean, we've got two episodes down and everyone listening to the podcast probably wants to hear from this guy. 
Yeah. Hey. Hey, I just want to take a second to thank you for joining me here on the Contractor Secrets Podcast. Um, I'm just going to take this opportunity to let you know that my passion is coaching people, helping people. Um, I've changed my Instagram name to at contractor coach. And I did that because that is my passion. I want to help you. So please reach out to me. If you have an issue going on in your business, send me an email, find me on Instagram, message me, and let's do a breakthrough session. I want to work through your problems in your business to help you get to that next level. And and one thing that I always say is this, you know, the difference between those that get over the humps and the hurdles in business is just a change in perspective. And that's what I plan to offer you. So get with me, message me, allow me to help you take your business to the next level.